Hello, Fast Family, and welcome to Quarter Mile at a Time. A Fast and Furious podcast that just went from Mission Impossible to Mission in freaking sanity. Oh, I love it. Hello, I'm Nick Lathan. <laughs> and I'm Rip Camelucci. I introduced myself as Rich Camelucci in the last episode, and I immediately went, who's that lame son of a bitch? Did you really do that? I think I'm I did. trying to think. Oh, man. Anyway, this episode we're talking about Fast Five, which, uh, it's so good to be at this point. It's, it, if, if at any point people are going to like actually start listening, it's going to be from here on out. Because these are the movies that most people have seen, it feels like. This is, it feels like everyone just kind of said, like, fuck everything else. To their own detriment. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just where the history of Fast Saga lives from here on out. But we're here. Yes. And we put in the work. And we were honest with ourselves. We've made the right calls. We've gone into nuance. We've gone into the, 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 the minuscule specifics that make up. The universe that is populated by Dom, Brian, Mia, Vince, Jesse at a point, not for long, Roman, Tej. It's good. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm I'm very tired, by the way. But I just want this. This is uh, I'm trying to I've been trying to think of musicians in which their first couple of albums were good, but okay. And then you get to that one album, and you're like, holy shit, like, this is, I don't know, I'm a, the, only, the only band I can always think of is Metallica, so this is like the master of puppets of <laughs> the Fast franchise. Okay, okay. Or, I'm trying to think what else. But it's just, everything comes together. Because I think around Ma- Ma- Master of Puppets, that's when, like, you had the core band that was the band for like the longest time in Metallica's career. I'm a big Metallica fan. This is the, uh, this is the fear of music. If you're a talking heads fan, how's that? Like all the, everything, the the band is fully formed. All right. Fear of seven, of course, is the uh, posit that this is, uh, the one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I think this works. Uh, if the Fast Saga were Taylor Swift albums, this is 1989. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like, in actual, like, chronological order and everything. That's pretty good. I, yeah. I, I'm not a T-Swift fan, but I heard that album was good. <laughs> it's it's the, the, the big iconic one. Uh, and then after that was Reputation, which would be uh, Fast 6, which, you know, people still liked. It didn't get all the... Critical laudits that, uh, you know, she wanted, didn't win any Grammys or anything like that. Uh, and then Lover was after that. I don't know anything about that, which would be Fast 7. And then uh, Fate of the Furious would be Folklore, hmm. which is the one that just came out. Uh, I think if, that all tracks. Yeah. To compare this to the Mission Impossible franchise, since I watched these right before I watched the Furious films, we started this podcast. Um, Rogue Nation was number five, and that one's pretty damn good. 
Furious, uh, Fast and Furious, I, the more I think about it, the more I forget about it. So that is, of course, the Mission Impossible 3 of the uh, Fast Saga. Because it's good, but forgettable. Like, I can't tell you anything that happened in Mission Impossible 3, and I watched that movie last month. Well, here I go to tell you everything that happened in Fast and Furious, because that movie is lingering with me. Really? Uh, oh, it really is. I There were moments watching Fast Five where I go like, kind of wish it was a little more like Fast and Furious. Really? You know? It, I... This is like the first time I've watched Fast Five and it didn't hit as hard as it did every other time. This, I mean, this is only the second time I've seen this one, so it hit pretty hard for me. Okay, I could see, I mean, yes. That's the thing, is it's going to hit hard for you for a while. Like, mm-hmm. it did for me big time. Um, I think when I first started, what? well, I know at one point it was definitely on one of the movie channels that we had in college. And yeah, so it's gonna, it's got legs for real, but it knows how to use them to quote ZZ Top. Yeah. Um, also, are you sure that you didn't want to compare this not to the Mission Impossible series, but to the Mission Frickin' Insanity series? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you bring that up in college. Uh, where were you in 2011? What was in your, what was going on in your life when this film came out? Uh, Man, I was still in Gainesville. Um, I was at this point. Uh, I, I was originally slated to graduate in 2009 from the University of Florida, but uh, a myriad of reasons prevented me from doing so. So at this point, I was like kind of in and out of school. At this point, um, living with a dear friend uh, of my real life, Madison Kirby, uh, and a few other uh, friends. And, uh, and you know, just just very happy that there was another uh, fast installment in my life. But I wasn't in any sort of rush to see it. Because hmm. as far as I was concerned, like, I liked Fast and Furious, and it was still, like, a little corny and campy to me, like, at certain points. Uh, so I was like, not in any big rush to go see this. I'll, I'll catch it on HBO or whatever. And then you just... It felt like this was the first Fast and Furious movie with a legitimate mainstream buzz. Yeah. About it. I mean, this movie has a 7.3 on IMDb, I want to say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is the one that, like, friends, fr- uh, a friend of mine went to go see it in the theater and then came to me later wor- later and was like, Fast is back, like... That this is like Furious Seven. Okay, is like we're picking up the pieces that were broken with Tokyo Drift, and we're trying to put it back together. But like Fast Five was like the thing that's like we're back, everybody. It's like the part in Ghostbusters Two, when after they they leave the they leave the courthouse, they go we're back, and that's and we had this awesome montage of them no busting. Job ghosts. is too small. No fee is too small. Literally, <laughs> just watched that a couple nights ago with, with Charlie. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. But yeah, this bad is bad whenever we watch Ghostbusters together because I'm just muttering all the lines under my breath to myself. I uh, find it very difficult because I saw good, the first one in 70 millimeter in 20, like February 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, it's great to, the idea of seeing a movie in the theater. Mm. Um, anyway, I was trying so hard not to do that because a friend of mine was with me and she had never seen it before. So. Trying not to quote every fucking line in Ghostbusters 
And it's, While watching it's, it. it's a little, it proves to be a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, huh. where were you in 2011? What, were you, I, what was happening with old Nick Lathan? In December of 2011, I graduated from college. Okay, okay. Because, and I was supposed to graduate in the spring, but my advisor did not advise me properly. They because really in my college, there was a class that was only, to, only given once a year. Not once a semester, once a year. And it was required. So I had to wait and take that shit. So in like the f- winter semester of yeah 2011, I'm just hanging out or fall semester, however you want to say, I'm just hanging out, taking one fucking class, and it was very annoying. Yeah. So. But so when did when did Fast Five come out? Do we have like release weekends? Yeah, I have totals. I have all that information. You should know that by now. I don't know. I just wanted to tee it up for you. It came but, out. <laughs> but this was definitely the first. It feels like this was the first Fast and Furious movie that critics and the audience were actually in agreement. Yeah. This film came out on April 29th, 2011. Uh, it opened up number one at the box office, of course. God damn right it did. Uh, number two was Rio, which is funny because that's where this wow. movie takes place. Big, uh, big weekend for Rio. Big, yeah. big Brazilian weekend, baby. You remember, you've heard of Big Willie weekend? This is Big Brazili weekend. <laughs> number three was Tyler Perry's Medea's Big Family Vacation, which also went to Rio. On location in Rio. Now, it's Big Happy Family. I don't know what that movie was. Uh, There's so many Medeas. I've seen the Medea plays, which I really enjoy, but I have not seen the Medea movies. I guess plays are just better. Uh, Let's see. Number four was Water for Elephants. (laughs) Isn't that a Robert Pattinson joint? Yep. Uh, Which I went to go see Tenet this weekend. I got to bring that up. I talked about it briefly. Uh, We're recording this well in advance of when this was released, about a month. But I went to the drive-in, and it was very funny because I just wanted to say this real quick about Tenet. They had these subtitles on, and every 10 seconds... His star is John David Washington. Every 10 seconds during a fight, he would, uh, of course, be struggling during this fight. And the subtitles in big all caps said, Protagonist Grunts. <laughs> and it popped up every, like, not lying, every, every fucking fight it came up. And I laughed every time. Dude, so, I cannot wait to see Protagonist Grunts at Fest this weekend in Gainesville. Or this <laughs> year in Gainesville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his character's name is the protagonist, so that's why they put the protagonist grunts, and it just made me laugh. All right, number five was Prom. I don't know if I said that. Number six was Hoodwinked. <laughs> and this was a re-release of the film Hoodwinked because Hoodwinked came out in 2006 originally. Yeah. And I think I saw that movie because there was nothing in the theater that weekend. 2006 was an okay year for movies. They just, the summer sucked for 2006. In yeah, my it did. Opinion. Uh, they, uh, they were really trying to cash in on that, that hoodwinked five, fifth year anniversary. <laughs> I guess so. I think there was another hoodwinked movie that came out after that. I don't know. Anyway, number seven was Soul Surfer. Number eight was Insidious, which was directed by Furious 7's James Wan. Mm. And uh, number nine was Hop, and number ten was Source Code, starring the greatest actor of our generation, Jeffrey Wright. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, uh, Fast Five Fast was Five was uh, certified fresh uh, on Rotten Tomatoes for whatever that's worth at seventy seven percent with an audience score of eighty three percent. Really? Yeah. Should be higher in my opinion. Um, yeah. Let's see. We got the budget was one hundred twenty five million. Gross was six hundred twenty six million. Pretty good. At the box pretty office. Nice. Pretty nice. It was dethroned by Thor. Well, you know, I mean, again, my least favorite of the Thor movies and possibly one of my least favorite of the Marvel uh, universe. But if you got to be taken down by anything, it's, you know, uh, one in a long line of of big franchises. So makes sense. Yeah. All right. Um, God, Hemsworth would be so good in these fucking movies. Oh God! Like he would work for like Mister Nobody. I, that's what I feel like he would do. Yeah, yeah. Either that, or like cast him in what would like, like again, just kind of borrow from yourself and have him play a character that's like similar to Hobbs, where it's like he's technically a good guy, but he's going after our heroes. And then eventually, like, you know, aligns with them and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's, that's pretty much the formula as it is anyway. Yeah. You can't really do that at this point, though, since they're, you know, no longer bad guys in the franchise. Right. No, no, no. But, I, well, this will be for, like, an intergalactic, uh, you know, agency. Oh, so he's reprising uh, his character from Star Trek. Ooh, yes. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Who, what was his name? I know he played Kirk's dad, but, like, what was his... Uh, God, I'm not familiar with the Star Trek. Sorry, Fast Family. I know how much you guys love Star Trek. Ugh. Yeah, that that Venn diagram of of <laughs> uh, Star Trek and Fast Furious fans are are quite incensed right now. Oh yeah, they're 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 currently rating us one star on iTunes, and they're yelling, throwing their phone. George Kirk is his name. George Kirk. That was the character. I don't know. Anyway, this movie uh, picks up where the first one left off, which I thought was very cool. Right where it leaves off, which, speaking of which, what a bad breakout plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. fucking reckless. Like, the odds of, of Dom actually surviving that, which we'll get to that in a second, Yeah, is... is but it's just so thoughtless. It's so fucking thoughtless and hilarious that f- like it sets the movie off to a bad tone. You're just like, all right, here, here we go again. What I want to know, based off that little breakout scene, why were Leo and Santos there for moral support? Because like everybody doing all the work was Mia and Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were just there. You know, as just, like, hype men, basically. Yeah. Like, they were on the walkie-talkies, like, yeah, you can, you got this, Mia, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, so, they crash the bus, head into Longpoak. I want to see a fucking Mythbusters episode. Adam Savage, if you're listening <laughs> to this, I need you to ram a bus into the back of a charger to see if it fucking flips like that. Because that, I was like, nope. <laughs> 
out of all the fast franchise, out of yeah. all the crazy shit, this is the only time which now somebody's going to point back that all the times I've said something stupid or impossible or whatever. But this is the only thing in recent memory I can think of that I'm like, what? No. Who's to, <laughs> who's to stop you from going like, you know what? I actually do believe all that stuff could happen. But this? This? And, and we know that everybody lives. There were... <laughs> Zero fatalities. Yeah. Thanks to a wide amount of press coverage started by an actual you heard with Purd segment. Wait a minute, was that actually him? Yes, that was him. That was Purd Happily, motherfucker. I wasn't even, I, I think I wasn't even watching. I think I was taking notes at that point. And yeah, that probably sure as shit. Jay Jackson, that sure as yes. shit was Purd Happily. That is yes. so fucking funny. Which I love, when, like the same way, like Reginald Vell Johnson always played like a cop. He always, uh, yeah. Purd, uh, Jay Jackson always plays a newsman who. Must be purred happily, which means this universe, the town of Pawnee exists. Yes. And there will be some sort of spinoff where characters have to go hide out in Indiana and, and you know, interact with our, our good friends and down at City Hall in the Parks and Recreation Department. Okay, now I'm, now I'm picturing... Um... And all the people who would interact with the uh, fast crew, Tom Haverford, number one on that list. Uh, Tom Haverford and Ooh, Roman go loud. spend way too much money uh, at <laughs> at the uh, the Snake Pit. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Snake Hole Lounge. At Snake Hole Lounge, excuse me. Um, Brian. And Ron uh, go, like, basically making, like, boxcars out of wood. And uh, because there's, like, a local, like, Boy Scout troop that has has a race coming up. Uh, Well, I don't... I think out of all the people to hang out with Ron, it'd be Dom, I think. Because Dom doesn't need to talk, and Ron doesn't either. So I think they would just hang out and just probably work on a car together. Yeah, but for whatever reason, I kind of see Dom hitting it off with, um, oh, god damn it, Aubrey Plaza's character. Fuck. April Ludgate? April Ludgate. I kind of weirdly see them hitting it off. Like, not in any sort of, like, romantic way, but they just kind of, like, get each other the same way that April and Ron kind of get each other. Yeah. Well, let's say the three of them hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. April, Ron, and Dom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, oh, God, Tej and Donna, uh, just end up just starting a podcast or some shit. I don't know. No, they get in a relationship. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, out of all the people, all right, so, of course, the Fast family would enter Pawnee, and then eventually they would have to leave. And I feel like uh, Ann Perkins would leave with them, because they need a nurse. Out of all the damage. <laughs> they really do. Holy shit. Now, I, in the last episode, I said something about uh, 
Mia possibly being a nurse since she was of course in the first movie was studying all the damn time and in this movie she of course uh yeah. takes out a bullet that uh dissolved <laughs> in Dom's body or you know fell off or whatever so she might be a nurse but she does not she doesn't do any nursing in this movie she mostly sits at a computer and talks in a walkie-talkie uh, that and well she maybe self nurses because she is pregnant mm-hmm. which um you know, I I can't help but question how pregnant she is by the end of uh, not like the epilogue, but like before the epilogue. You know, where we find out what everyone did with all their money and what yeah, where yeah, she yeah. is. Yes, indeed, pregnant. But my theory is that's not the same pregnancy from the beginning of the movie. Because the amount of like roofs that she jumped off of for crying that out is loud. very true. Well, the funniest part about the the pregnancy reveal to me was that uh, she like picked up Nico Vince's baby and uh, put him down, and she quickly ran to the bathroom to throw up. And I was like, "Is she allergic to babies?" <laughs> no, she just hated that baby. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, it smells like Vince." <laughs> it smells like unsuccessfully cooked popcorn. Uh, let's talk about Vince because I he redeems himself like crazy in this movie. Yeah, but he's also pretty shitty. But he, he still redeems, redeems himself, himself by wearing one shirt at a time. I need to talk about this. All right, so he's not wearing any mesh in this movie. No, but all of Reyes's uh, goons they're wearing mesh ski masks. So I'm thinking Vince has a business in which he takes all of his mesh shirts and he turns them into ski masks, and he's <laughs> he supplies. All of it. And guess what? The business might be called Funderwear because those masks look fun. That that absolutely tracks for me, dog. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, he just uh, pretty much dresses himself out of a fucking Old Navy catalog. He really does. Yeah, he looks like a... Uh, yeah, he, lo- he looks... First, he dresses like a dad who's trying to look cool on vacation. Full on dad mode. Whereas, yeah, but, yeah, like you know, Vin, he, like he's, him standing next to Vince is always just funny. Like, especially when they're like actually running a a, a gig and whatnot, and he's still just dre- you know dressed like he's got to go straight from stealing this car to a PTA meeting. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh, it's good, it's good stuff, man. Glad that they got him back in the fold. Something I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed it. The beer they're drinking at Vince's house in Rio is Brahma beer. Yes. So there, I don't know uh, if that's a. There is no Corona in this movie. It's all Brahma, and then there's another uh, brand that they drink at the at the cookout. Now I don't know if the Brahma beer reference is a reference to Dwayne Johnson with it, the Brahma bull. Well, he was the the Brahma bull. Um, uh, you know, I I don't think they would necessarily do that um but that's not as fun so let's say it is yeah i think so i'm gonna look up brahma beer just to see what it looks like that is a real beer i you know i think i i knew it was a real beer i've seen it before um i don't know where but i wonder if it's like widely available in the states i'm trying to think because like i love all these i love them uh a fake beer brand. Mm-hmm. Cause you got like, you know, of course, King of the Hills got Duff and then not Duff. They got Alamo. And then yeah, Simpsons has Duff. I'm trying to think of the beer that, uh, Heisler, Heisler, Heisler yeah. beer. 
that is the beer they drink on New Girl, and I've seen it other places. Yeah, they drink it on New Girl. They drink it uh, in Workaholics, and they drink it in. There's another show they drink it in. It might be Parks and Rec as well. I don't. I don't think so though. But it might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Let's get back to the movie. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> the opening. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Hut. No, I, I got something towards the beginning as well, but you go ahead first. I was going to say, uh, that car that you first see Brian and me in, in Rio, dope car. I would oh, love yeah. to have that car. I was going to say, <clears throat> so, with the wild amount of news coverage that the prison break got, <laughs> and then, as is uh, covered in the short film that explains what happens to Brian between the Fast and Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious, and the amount of news coverage that Brian has as a fugitive on the run, it's, I think it's safe to to assume that at the very least, Brian O'Connor is nationally famous. Yeah. Like, he has to be. With that amount of news coverage, like, it's, which, there's a saying in journalism that if it bleeds, it leads. And whereas Brian O'Connor is not a violent criminal. No. So in, in, in the real world, he would not get nearly as much national media exposure as he does. No. Yeah, no. But they go out of their way to show at least like 15 different news reports about this breakout. And not just I think- like in other news today, but like. Actual correspondence, like standing in front of the screen, like doing special reports and shit like that. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, just the idea that a a former LAPD officer uh, who went who went on the lam as a street racer in Miami and then somehow became an FBI agent all within six years, excuse me, five years, <laughs> and then... Uh, during that fifth year, breaks out a twenty-five to lifer from a prison bus with her uh, her brother slash his lover. That is a fun story for the news. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of twists and turns. I agree. I do agree yeah. with that. <clears throat> That's almost like that. It makes me think of the. I don't know if this got national coverage, but the astronaut who uh, went crazy and like drove so many miles in a diaper. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Like, Balloon Boy was a fucking, um, <laughs> like, you know, that that went on for, like, I feel like a month, and it only happened for, like, eight hours. I don't know how long it actually happened. Yeah, that was, like, a like a week-long story, it feels like, or something like that. Because then, then it got, like, revealed it was a hoax, so that mm-hmm. kind of gave it a little more legs. But this one's definitely kind of like a, like a two years after the fact, just like, hey, viewers, remember that? Rogue uh, uh, LAPD officer that was became a street racer in Miami. Well, two years later, here's a follow up on him. <laughs> uh, this this brings a question: When do you think this movie takes place? Oh, we can't keep doing this. I have to. I have to crack this timeline. Uh, I really just want to interview either Vin Diesel. Chris Morgan, 
or Neil Moretz to just and and it might not be as much of an interview as an interrogation <laughs> and make them commit to a motherfucking timeline. I mean, it's it's not as complicated as like the Halloween timeline. Go back no. to season one of this podcast and listen to Welcome to Haddonfield. We did the timeline of uh, of the Halloween franchises, all fifty six three of them. But uh, this franchise, I just don't like timelines wise because we don't definitively know when it takes place. Right. And oh, I forget. Oh yeah. Uh, Neil Moritz, the producer, I found out. So this weekend I watched Son of the Hedgehog again. I don't know if you've seen it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty okay. nice. Um, they make a Fast and Furious reference in Son of the Hedgehog. And then I saw the credits and saw that he produced it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, very good. I hope that he only exclusively can produce films that are fast. <laughs> Let me look at his IMDb. See, see, check, check this out. Well, um, anyway, yeah, this uh, this opening heist was pretty cool. I liked uh, how they introduced Dom because you don't see him in the car when he pulls up, but then when they do the plasma cutter and then the reveal of him, that was pretty dope. That was a hell of a sequence, full of like incredible stunts. Um, yes, you know, having watched this movie as much as I I have. I was still a little fuzzy on like the dynamics of what exactly was going on and why certain moves were made and I didn't you know it's 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 not right to assume you know what languages a character can speak but I didn't know Dom spoke Portuguese uh <clears throat> there was just a whole lot going on that I'm just like they're really just asking us to go with it on this right now where's yeah, the- uh- for a movie where it's just like, yeah, I guess you have that kind of latitude. They do kind of show their work later on in the movie. <clears throat> so, I don't know. It was just like there was just some like confusing elements during this whole part. But it was worth it for the 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 sizzle, as it were. Yeah. I mean, it was it was very, very cool sequence. Yeah. I'm get in my nose. I was looking at Neil's uh, producer credits. Yeah, the only the only notes I have are Dom's intro, and then I have Blowtorch Foo, which that was <laughs> nail biting. Uh, then Brian almost getting uh, his face burned off by a Blowtorch. Mm. Which why did they have that? I guess that was part of the. I guess that was the plasma cutter, quote unquote. Yeah. It looked like a regular ass Blowtorch. So I don't know why Hobbs is going around going. They got a plasma cutter. I guess I mean, plasma cutter just sounds cooler. Do you know the difference between a blowtorch and a plasma cutter? I don't. All right. So let's stay in our lane. All right. I can't work for DSS. <laughs> um, that Corvette was dope. I love that uh, the 60s Corvette they were driving because that is the Corvette NASA used to give astronauts. Ooh. Little little trivia. If you were an astronaut, and I get—I don't know if you if you went to space or whatever, but you got a fucking Corvette. They probably still don't do that, but they did that shit in the sixties and seventies. That's a great, like sixties and seventies, like gift to give. Yeah, because it's like flashy enough. Like you would definitely want one if you were given one. It's like, well, sure, yeah, yeah. That just shows how much the government had back then, like how much money they had. Like here, here's a Corvette. <laughs> uh. I I gotta say I'm I'm 
I'm, I liked that GT40 as well. I, I do love a good GT40. Yeah, it's pretty good. Or as I call it, the bullet from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I know more about cars based... If I see a car, I know what their GTA equivalent is. I don't know every name of every car, but I know what it is in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> that's that all you was, really need. And that's called a bullet, a Corvette. I think it's called a cockette. Little little joke they have. Uh, I... <clears throat> As that, like, knowing where that whole sequence was leading to, I was trying to have that conversation with myself as to whether or not they really did indeed need to jump off of the cliff into that river. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say no, because Brian... So Brian... Didn't need to jump onto the car. He could have just jumped off onto the ground and Vin, or excuse me, Dom. No, he plays himself. It was Vin Diesel. Yeah, it was Vin Diesel that one. Uh, (laughs) Could have just pulled a Yui and scooped him up. Yeah. Easy option. Or they could have turned the car because the car does have a wheel. Right. Yeah. Because again, even before uh, uh, fucking Brian jumped. There's still plenty of time to jump onto the car. So This is one of those this is one of those cinema moments like almost like in Prometheus where Charlize Theron couldn't have been run over rolled over by a spaceship if she had just turned left or right. She instead chose to run straight and then got crushed by a spaceship. Yes. There was something else uh, that I watched recently as well that was just like run to either direction left or right and also in like game of thrones uh uh one of the little stark kids you had to just zigzag man <laughs> like when uh when fucking douchebag went to shoot him with an arrow as he was running i've only seen the first episode of game of thrones so don't know who douchebag with an arrow is oh the listeners that watched will know um, somebody said to me, you feel, I feel you never seen Game of Thrones. I feel like that's, that's right up your alley. And I immediately shot back. I don't like fantasy. So I don't know that I would say it was, it would be right up your alley, but it's, it wouldn't be up my alley either. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not a big fantasy guy. Um, but I still enjoyed it. So I think the most, the. Uh, most fantastical thing I've seen is like if you if, if there's a sword and sorcery movie that was released in the eighties, love that shit. Other than that, I'm I'm good. Lord of the Rings is okay. Uh, I recently watched. It was all also those. just pointed out to me that uh, uh, my girlfriend Charlie she said for as much as you love Downton Abbey, I'm surprised you don't like more period pieces. I was like, I don't know. I don't really like period pieces. I just like Downton Abbey. It's weird things. I uh, Yesterday, I went through and watched a shitload of Coen Brothers movies, and I realized the worst ones are the ones that are contemporary. All their period pieces are awesome, but the ones yeah. I like the least are like their contemporary movies, except for Blood Simple. That movie came out in like 84, and I love that movie, and Raising I, Arizona. I have that on DVD. I still have yet to actually even watch it, but the other day... Charlie was looking through my DVD. She's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a Coen Brothers movie I haven't watched yet. Blood Simple? 
Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I also feel like that was such a big stunt that, and I feel this way even when I watch it now, uh, that they were kind of like blowing their load a little bit uh, early in the movie with such a big stunt, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, oh, shame on me, for they will far surpass that. Dude, that okay. First of all, this opening heist, I I get. The, I thought this opening heist for some reason. In my memory, I thought it was the opening heist for Fast and Furious Six. Mm. So to see it in Fast Five, I was like, "Ooh, this is pretty yeah. cool." It's kind of like uh, the I keep saying this, but the car, the the muscle car race in Too Fast, Too Furious. For some reason, my brain made me think that was in Fast and Furious. But it's not. I could see that though. That uh, yeah, that that fucking that the end of this movie. I again watching it this time. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. That's all I can say about it. I yelled multiple times, like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction to it. All right, end of episode. Uh, come back next week. We're talking <laughs> well, about. All right, hold on. Just, just like the actual movie, you want to completely just be gone with any sort of racing in this film. This I. Ugh. They go at an hour into the movie. They go to race because they need some fast cars. Tracy and we Chatton, don't holler at me. And we don't fucking see it and they just cut right over the race and it isn't until an hour and 20 minutes into the movie that we do see an actual race yes which is just a straightforward quarter mile drag race in which the result is tainted I had a problem with that race at first, but then I grew to love it because I was like, they're all driving the same exact car. And then I was like, you know what? That shows how good of a driver they are. Yes. I do like that part of it. I, that is an aspect that I appreciate, but what I don't appreciate is a baby gift. (laughs) This wasn't no baby shower. I need to talk about Dom. Dom is a lot more jovial in this movie. Like this is this is like this feels like first Fast and Furious Dom. Like he's, he's got well, he's got some reasons to be happy. Like you know, he's there's been some time. There's been at least a few months, I think, since the end of Fast and Furious. So he's had some time to heal from the wounds of of what he believes to have been Letty's death. That's and, the end. You know, he his his sister's pregnant. Uh, with his best friend's child. Um, so there's a lot to be happy about there. And then also it's just like a lot of big, it's a big like reunion of sorts, you know, mm-hmm. he gets to see Han, he gets to see Giselle, he gets to see uh, uh, Leo and um, Santos. Santos. Uh, he gets to meet Roman and Tej for the first time. Like he's, he's back with Vince and he sees that Vince is doing all right. He's kind of matured a little bit. He's not wearing multiple uh, articles of the same clothing. Yeah, I. Um, speaking of the the meeting, uh, I I could not tell you how hard I laughed at Tedge and Roman's exchange when they first see each other. There's a couple good quips. 
Oh my god, it was great. Uh, of course, <laughs> Tej pulls up in an old ass car from the nineteen. 19- I don't even know what car it was from the sixties. And of course, Roman says, "When are you going to give Martin Luther King his car back?" And then Tej replies, "When are you going to give Rick James his jacket back?" Because Roman, of course, is wearing a leather jacket. And then fucking got him. Fucking that got shit him. starts happening back and forth. And then Han had the best line. He said, "I thought cockfights were illegal in Brazil," and that <laughs> shit made me laugh really hard. Oh man, you know, uh, speaking of Dom's demeanor in this film. And everyone kind of getting back together, like almost right away, they start they start showing the sparks going off between Han and Giselle. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment uh, where you know there's a, a flirtation or there's, there's something something where like you know there's more chemistry happening between them and Dom, who a movie earlier Giselle would have torn the flesh off his cock. <laughs> Like sees this happening, and he's got kind of like this little like matchmaker, like pleased with himself vibe. Like he almost like he almost did that on purpose, almost like got them two in a room. What if the whole plot of this movie was not to steal Reyes's money, but to get <laughs> Han and Giselle together? <laughs> now that's yes. Can, oh my god! So that's another thing that like you know we've been kind of tracking as well as like the these these movies can be heist movies they could be you know crime movies they could be spy movies I want to see the fast and furious rom-com yeah I mean listen I know a lot of people return to the franchises that made them famous I don't see why Gal Gadot would not come back to the fast family and do a little indie spin-off with her and Han yeah in It'd between be Wonder Woman movies, let's go. What What do you think? Okay, hear me out. A little theory. What if uh, Steve Trevor's return in the next Wonder Woman movie is somehow connected to Han's return in F9? Man, now I know there was something in the most recent Wonder Woman trailer that did kind of allude to how that character could have come back. But I think this is better. Do you think, now, in this trailer, I have not seen it yet, was it a Lazarus pit? It was not a Lazarus pit. God damn it. If there is going to be a Lazarus pit in in either of these movies, considering that one is an actual DC property, I think there's a better chance of a Lazarus (laughs) pit being in one. I hate to break it to you, Nick, but I think there's a better chance of a Lazarus pit being in Wonder Woman 1984 than there will be in F9. All right, I think there's like going to be a fucking Lazarus pit. I had another theory today that now I was going to... Now what if the Lazarus pit guarded by Edwin is in Wonder Woman 1984? Oh my God. What if they pulled a Spider-Man and had like... Edwin could appear in both franchises. <laughs> you know what I mean? As J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Um. All right, we've kind of danced around talking about them, so let's finally fucking talk about them. Hobbs. Ooh, boy, he is dripping sweat. This whole fucking movie. Uh, I got news for you, buddy. It ain't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is also a gag reel on this Blu-ray as well. Yes. And this gag reel, uh, while also featuring a mini run of multiple actors in this film, just grabbing their dick as they walk. Yeah. <laughs> But there are so 
many shots of one to two people at a time oiling up the rock. It is insane. (laughs) This was their one job. And they did it. Yeah. They did it very effectively. I thought, okay, because Roman Reigns, the wrestler, always looks like he's soaking wet. I did not think anybody could look more wet than him besides maybe Kid Rock. But The Rock, oh, my. Actually, I take that back. Kid Rock just looks like he hadn't taken a shower. But The Rock. more like it. The Rock was just dripping. And there was a scene in which Dom and Hobbs were talking Dom, dry as a bone. Hobbs dripping sweat. I was like, is it just the climate affecting Hobbs? Is he just not used to it? Well, it's because every single (laughs) moment that Hobbs isn't on screen and like preoccupied doing something or talking to somebody, he has like those elastic bands that like fucking bodybuilders and wrestlers use to get a pump on. Yeah. So he's constantly working out. Okay. That's a good theory. It's uh <laughs> yeah. And also uh his 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 crew uh at, or as we would call them in the wrestling business, jobbers. Yeah. Uh there's the one guy who just looks like he has his hair painted on. <laughs> what is it? Wilkes? Is that his name? Maybe. I don't know, man. The, uh. Literally does not matter. Those guys, yeah, they're just like they're, they're expendable, and they all fucking die. Like, of course, we knew that was gonna happen because I think the only time, yeah, besides Elena, like Wilkes is the only other person whose name he said. The other guys had names, but anyway. God, thank you for bringing up Elena. We'll get back to Hobbs. Yes. Oh, we're gonna get back to Hobbs. Yeah, but I would like to make a little Elena sidebar. Uh. Honestly, I like the character. I like the actor. Um, do you buy uh, Elena and Dom? I don't know. It was kind of, it's forced. It feels forced. So, no, I don't buy it. <laughs> okay. All right. A little forced and furious. Oh, my God. A Star Wars fast crossover? So, okay, Han is not a Lazarus pit, but he's like a uh, 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 a freaking Snoke clone, but it's a Han clone. He's a failed Han clone. Speaking of Han and Star Wars, uh, in the scene where Hobbs, they're using that facial recognition technology, mm-hmm. they scan, first of all, they scan Dom's face and he's wearing a fucking I could not see Dom's face at all in that fucking picture. He's they're wearing face covering. And he got pinged. I don't know how the hell he got pinged. I could I didn't even see a person in the seat. But well, they enhanced it. Oh yeah, of course. I saw Han's eyes, of course, in the mask because he wore, he was wearing a lighter mask and like he was not in the shadow like Dom was. But whenever Han's name popped up, his name was Han Seoul, like Seoul, South Korea. Mm-hmm. So his name was Han Solo, like hyphen O H, and that made me laugh. And that's when, of course, uh, Hobbs says, "Yeah, they can change the names, but they can't change their face or whatever the fuck he says." Yeah, that's what he said. Oh man, Han Solo—that's such a good. I love Han. He's—he's. He's, I think Han's my favorite character in this franchise. He's good looking he and he's funny. Do much, but what he does 
is effective. It's great. I love that scene with uh, with him and Giselle while they're, when they're trying to get um, Reyes's fingerprints. Yes. Yeah, she talks about how he, he, he the reason he eats so much because he used to be a smoker, and he admits it. And I'll, so that's another thing that we have found out about this character is that he used to smoke. <laughs> here's here's the Han prequel I want. It's a young Han, two packs a day, degenerate gambler, and it's basically like a a a, a win it all meets uncut gems meets Fast and Furious, and he's just a degenerate racing gambler. Oh, man. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Love it. Now, <laughs> oh, I'm picturing the Safdie brothers doing a uh, Fast and Furious film now. Christ. A lot of long lenses. It'll be filmed from very far away. That's, uh, I think that would be one of the first Fast and Furious movies that I don't rewatch frequently. <laughs> Dude, I love Uncut Gems. It's one of my yeah, favorite. I watch it a lot. I, I, so every now and then I'll see it on Netflix. I was like, ah, no, nah, I don't want to watch that. Like, I want to watch that, it, but I don't. That is up there with like those just, I call them butthole clencher movies. Yeah, that movie is stressful. That just, it just stresses you out. That. Hurt Locker, Revenant, just like I don't want to watch. I I I like them. I under I appreciate for what they are. Mm-hmm. I don't need to watch them again. Man, Hurt Locker, I I I watched that movie three times. The first time I couldn't get into it. Second time I gave it an honest try. It wasn't for me. Third time I watched it, I was like, maybe I've grown older. It's been like ten years since I've seen it. Watched it again, still didn't like it. That happens sometimes, you know? It's weird, man. I wanted to like that movie because I love Catherine Bigelow. I love Near Dark. It's a great movie. I love Point Break, which without Catherine Bigelow, we would not have Fast and Furious. Yeah. we got to say yeah, it. When you, yeah. When you put it like that, you're damn right. Uh, anyway, where are we at? I'm looking at my notes. <clears throat> Hobbs dripping um, sweat. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of all over the place. You said you had a shit ton more notes than I did. Yeah, uh, I'm just g- going over them. Um, Reyes, the actor who plays the actor who plays Reyes. I love this dude. He's in uh, Bucho. huh? Bucho. Bucho and Desperado. He plays uh, the guy who's uh, having an affair with a CIA agent in Queer and Present Danger. Love him. Yeah. Which, so what'd you think about him as a villain? He's always good in what he's at, whatever he's in. So I loved him in this. Yeah, I liked him a lot more than. Uh, see, I forgot the guy's name in the last movie. See, I'm forgetting fast. Braga, Braga. I'm forgetting that movie so quickly. I'm yeah. sorry. It's only I'm been two text weeks. You one fact a day from that movie. Fact and Furious. Let's fact have a, <laughs> that. Should be a segment on this show. I would do Fact and Furious. <laughs> But um, let's see. Steal Reyes's money and disappear. That's the plan. This that's the whole plot of this movie. It's re- it's a revenge heist. Do you feel like they kind of played a little bit uh, a revenge heist, much much like uh, Ocean's Thirteen, which, in my opinion, pretty underrated. Um, oh yeah, it's ranked Ocean's Eleven, Thirteen, uh, Eight, and then Twelve. Ooh, I haven't seen Eight, but I I also do not like Twelve. Um, <clears throat> Despite uh, the one uh, plot device that we have stolen from Ocean's 12 to use many times mm-hmm. for ludicrous in the Fast Saga. <laughs> I digress. <clears throat> uh, do you think that the 
that whole first part of the plan where they want to get Reyes to put all his money in one place. Do you think that that worked a little too easily? Yes, it worked very easily. Yeah. Like, they don't, they've never, they've met this guy once, Dom and Brian have. <laughs> and that's the read, like, you you can make that assumption that he that's going to be his response. Um, quick sidebar, I want to go like, back. Like, literally, that's the reason why your money's spread out over the fucking city, is, yeah. is because of shit like this. Quick sidebar, I, want, I do want to continue this thread, but uh, I just want to say real quick, Dom, Dom broke through his handcuffs very easily during his first meeting with Reyes. And it made me well, laugh because he is a a metahuman. That's true. He is bloodshot in theaters last March. Yeah. So, yeah, that is very easy. Like, I don't think any drug lord or whatever would immediately go, "Oh, I'm going to put all my shit in the same place, and it's going to be the police station." Like, I do like the the twist that it was the police station. Yes, that was, that was pretty cool. That was nice. Uh, and you know, provide a lot of good reactions, and then force them the our crew to adjust. Um, but yeah, that that was like the one thing. I'm just like, okay, well, that all fell into place a little too easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just also at the mention of like the crew, we talked about them all getting together, whatever, like that. But uh, our our porch talk that we got to have in every fast movie happened. Pretty much at the end of the first act in this movie. So very early for a porch talk. Yeah. Um, even though we do have the one later on at the barbecue. But the fact that Brian just said, we got to get a team together. Oh, you love to hear it. Yes. That, uh, yeah, we got to get a team together. And then the and then the fucking montage. I loved it so much. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, Cox and Legal in Brazil. I'm trying to look at my other notes. Oh, um, the whole thing with them finding out that Reyes is putting all his money in the uh, police station. Roman says he's got some serious brass in his pocket, which makes me believe that Roman is secretly a fan of the Pretenders. I mean, it works on many different levels. Yes, you can call the brass being uh, uh, the bosses in a police station, the brass, uh, uh, in his pocket by being on his payroll. Or, yes, you can absolutely translate it to mean that Roman is indeed a big fan of uh, whatever era that song was, maybe early 90s. I do like that song. I tried to bring that song up several times, you know, just like in college or whatever, just along the way, uh-huh. like referencing it or whatever. No one ever even heard of the song. They can go screw. Can we can we get a little uh, the sample of that just so people can like at least have experienced it? Uh, I'll do you better. That's off their first album. Uh, is from 1980. The 1980s. Pretenders' God first damn. album. Yeah. It just goes to show you how timeless that song is. I mean, uh, you know, you can't look. I mean, listen, listener, if you've never heard Pretenders, fucking, what are you doing? Go screw. Go screw. Go screw. Yeah, Chrissy Hind, lover. Um, I, I I can imagine Roman getting down to listening to Middle of the Road while he's driving down the road. I mean, I know it's kind of on the nose, but, you know, when he's in his car by himself, I'm pretty sure he listens to Pretenders. Yeah. 
I mean, Time the Avenger, he probably loves that song. <laughs> 2,000 Miles, there's so many Pretender songs that involves cars. I mean, I've listed two, Middle of the Road and 2,000 Miles, hello. Oh, man, I bet he's a big My City Was Gone fan, Roman. Speaking of cars. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and Roman. Uh, I, I was still charmed. By the RC car scene in this film. Yes. Uh, with the, you know, Roman, you know, serving his main function as being the... The mouth. The, the, the mouth. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Tej with the, the little RC car, man. Man, dude, I was at the park a few weeks ago doing a nice little socially distanced park hang. And a motherfucker straight up had a Tyco RC car. Hell yeah. It was awesome. I, uh, I randomly would go over that because I've always wanted an RC boat. Cigarette boat. Mm. And so I go on YouTube every now and then. I got to watch me a video of somebody with a cigarette boat RC car because that shit looks fun. The thing- While you're on YouTube, just look up some old Tyco RC car commercials. God. God, they're so good. The, um, I remember I had the one growing up, I had the one that it advertised that, that, uh, if it hit a wall, it could flip and then fall down and still go. You know, you know which one I'm talking about? I know exactly the one you're talking about. It's not the sidewinder, but yeah, it was the one, oh God, it wasn't like fucking Two-Face or something like that. It was this, I think it was the sidewinder. Was it the sidewinder? Um, while you look that up. That is not the art, that is not the sidewinder. I didn't think so. Sidewinder looks dope as fuck. Damn, oh, what is it? Um, that flips. <laughs> RC car that flips. Type that in. What is it called? The turbo flip. Is that it? Don't know. Anyway, it was pretty cool. The After a while, the tires deflated, and then it stopped working. Like, because the tires were so deflated, it would just... It sucked. Ooh. I don't recommend that car. So if you're buying a car in the 1990s, an RC car, don't get that one because the tires deflate after a while. That uh, that scene had a very funny joke because they were talking about um, it wasn't funny, but like they were talking about how Tej knew so much about the bank vault, and he then Tej says, "I had a life before I met y'all," and then Han, who is not in that scene, quotes that line later in the movie. So I'm like, why did he do that? Makes no sense to me that Han would quote a line he wasn't in the scene for. Script-wise, I can see why that would make no sense. Character-wise, and like bigger picture-wise, I honestly would have loved to have had more people say that because I want more prequels for all these characters. I'm serious. These, I mean, the the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. That's just that open. That's opening the floodgate. I think there needs to be so much more. I mean, I know it was meant to, and I'm a little discouraged by the fact that after Hobbs and Shaw came out, they didn't, like, immediately announce a bunch of different Fast Saga movies, presentations, as it were. I mean, Hobbs and Shaw did uh, amazing at the box office. I know. I know this. We all know this. But the fact that they didn't announce anything. I would think, I mean, just a lower budget movie, like with Han, you know what I mean? Like, I just want a Han movie. That'd be great. Yeah, I I would love to see like if they actually 
like you know i know one of the the companies that does uh, like one like vin vin uh, vin's company is like one race pictures or something like that mm-hmm. like the same way he did his own little uh los bandoleros yeah i would love just a series of those even like short films yeah what i mean they, they seriously could marvel cinematic universe this shit they truly absolutely could but especially with the amount of characters that they have and they've proven that they can spin off interest into these other characters. You know, I, I mean, like we've spent at this point going on 20 years yeah. with these characters. Yeah, it'll be 20. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, by the time F9 comes out. Yeah, it'll yeah be 20, it'll years. Be 20 years. The this movie is almost 10 years old. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Uh. All right, so let's get back to all the Hobbs stuff. I feel old. We, it, it really, honestly, uh, he's like in a different movie, <laughs> almost. Do you want to know some a bit of trivia I read today? I don't know if it's true okay. or not. The Hobbs role, you're going to be like, yeah, as soon as I say this, because I kept thinking it. The Hobbs role was written for Tommy Lee Jones. No. Think about it. All the shit he does is fucking the fugitive. He is well, straight up his character from the fugitive. Yes, that. So if you strip the the role of all the action, then yes. Yeah. But then, like, apparently a fan suggested they bring Dwayne Johnson into the, and then Vin Diesel was like, "Yeah, that's a good idea," and I'm pretty well, sure he later regretted that. So uh, I watched a. I I. I was up way too late last night watching a lot of the DVD extras. <laughs> and the way that they talked about bringing Dwayne in, Vin made it sound like they had been, like, friends and chatting for years mm-hmm. about, like, trying to find something to work together on. And then um, I think it was uh, Justin Lin who had the idea to bring the rock in and he's like well and and the way he talks about it on the in the interview he's just like well you know and then i had to bring it to to vin and you know kind of like see how he would go for it and this and that like he was like it seemed like it was very skeptical 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 That's the word, skeptical right? yeah i don't know why all of a sudden i feel like i've never said that word before it sounds weird Is when you a, say it skeptical Skeptical. Doesn't sound like a... Well, you know how that is where you say a word over and over and over again? You're like, that's that, that's, yeah. that's not a word. But this is like right out the gate. Like, <laughs> what, did I, what, did, what did I just say? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So they... they it, He made it seem like it was going to be like kind of a hard sell to Vin. Um, which also... God, I could talk about these fucking extras like forever. I... Because I, because mainly I could listen to Vin Diesel talk about these stories and these characters forever because he, the, the joy and the passion that he, he has for all of this, it just, it, it's so infectious and the same way, like they'll show like all these shots of, of Vin kind of like, you know, helping kind of like develop like more story things and like working with Justin Lin and stuff like that. And then the same thing with like Paul Walker with the way he had such a a passion for like all the stunts and everything. And he's just being so hands on about like all the stunts and the coordination and the development of it and stuff like that. 
fuck, man. I just fucking love these guys so much. Also, apparently Vin Diesel bought the entire cast, these motorized scooters. So they're just like through all the extras. They're all just like scooting around and shit like that. That's funny. There's a, a, a video. There's a, a segment on the extras called Tyrese TV. Guess what that is? It's just Tyrese dragging the camera guy around, bugging everybody. Oh, God. Of it's course great. it is. Yeah. It's great. Tyrese is the best part about the the gag reel. And yeah. <laughs> the gag reel cracked me up because they did not censor him because he said fuck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. I just love him. I love him all so much. I love that they had uh, during the surveillance sequence, that little montage of them doing surveillance. Roman's eating at a restaurant. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course he is. He's eating. He's Roman. He's the Brad Pitt of the franchise. Well, <laughs> He's the well, rusty of the franchise. Brad Pitt of the franchise. Who is? Han. Well, yeah, because he's all, well, they're both always eating. But I'm saying, mm-hmm. well, actually, Han is the yeah. Brad Pitt because he's a looker. Yeah. I don't know. Saying, listener, man. I don't know if you know this, but Han's a very attractive man. I would say he's pretty handsome. He's, thank you. <laughs> I think that should be the name of his spinoff, Handsome. <laughs> How many days do you think it took them to film the fight between Dom and Hobbs? Probably a long ass time because, yeah, it takes oh, a long, is. I don't know. Let's say five, five days. Yeah. I was going to say two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could buy any time in that, anywhere in that time frame. Yeah, that, I mean, that fucking fight, first of all, those poor walls. If those walls could talk, they'd be screaming. Cause that building should technically have fallen down. They, 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 those were probably load-bearing walls that they fucking went through. That shit was <laughs> insane. That's a good fight. Um, it was a great fight. Yeah. I, I still much like the fight <laughs> that uh, Vin, as himself, had with Brian uh, <laughs> in the last movie. Neither one of them had bruises, and that cracked me up. No, absolutely not. Uh, why would they? They are both men made of an alloy metal. I mean, of course, uh, we all we all know based off the last movie that Dom can absorb bullets. Exactly, uh, and and in this fight. Uh, Hobbs just rips off his vest because he's like, well, I don't need this. I don't need any protection. Yeah. Uh, from, from the way this fight starts to the way this fight ends, it, it just brings up like so much fast and furious, like past and baggage mm-hmm. from Hobbs just totaling the charger. Yeah. That's the first Immedi- fucking thing. Like he an did. immediate fuck you. Yeah. To, Dom ending the fight with the with the wrench. Yes, just bringing it down right next to Hobbs's head. Like, oh, so rewarding if you've been with us the whole time. It's funny because Hobbs actually referenced, you know, mm-hmm. that him almost killing a man with a wrench. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, yeah, the note I have for Dom during that whole sequence was he sees Mia like getting arrested or whatever, like fighting off the cops, and like Dom just bulking up and just getting pissed off. I just wrote, Dom used the power of family. <laughs> family is to Dom as uh, is, as Venom is to Bane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Let me write the SATs, you cowards. Uh, uh, real quick. Toretto family tree check. In the first porch talk, Brian asked Dom, what do you remember about your dad? Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, my father, my father would, uh, I don't know where this accent's coming from. That Dude, his performance in that scene is very weird. I'm gonna be, it is, yes. His line, is, I remember everything about my father. Like, <laughs> I remember everything about my father. <laughs> we would, uh, we'd be in the garage all day, every day. And on Sundays, we'd go to church and they'd cook a barbecue. Anybody could come get some as long as you went to church. Oh, so good. And then at the end of every day, he, at the dinner table, he would help Mia with her homework and then stay up an extra hour to read the next chapter in the book so he could help her the next day. <laughs> I'm a baby thing about my father. Oh man. Uh it's uh so more family memories and a lot more like there's no weird only brother shit like Mia says in, in Fast and Furious. Yeah. That has us questioning things. So there's still like openings, but I just wanted to I just wanted to check it. I just wanted to make sure we talk about any Toretto family past stuff. Yeah, I mean the only the only Hey they they don't really talk about their mother, which also brings up the point that, I don't know, I feel like they've done a better job with it, but just bringing in more women to this franchise, because this, this movie, dude heavy, because there's only yeah. three women in this movie, then there's like, well, four if you include the cameo from Eva Mendez in the, at the end. But she's like in it for like ten seconds. I don't even think she's credited. But like very dude heavy and like yeah, multiple references to slapping that ass. Good lord! Well, that was a uh, a running joke uh, that only had two beats. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that is definitely something that I would I would encourage the writers and creators of Fast and Furious to like, you know. Just hire a couple comedians. Just punch it up. Yeah. You know, at least adhere to some some rule of threes. This would be nice. This movie, though, was a hell of a lot more humorous than Fast and Furious. Well, yes. Yes. I, I, I when we get to it, I don't want to, like, you know, put any spoilers. But, yeah, that definitely uh, influenced my uh, uh, ruling on whether or not this was a Fast or a Furious movie. Mm. Okay. Uh, we'll see. But... Man, there was just a uh, fuck. This is just such a good movie, and I know we like you talked about it super early on, but I feel like like enough time has passed, and I I feel I'm ready to chime in on the whole on the heist on the big heist. Uh, right before we get to that, I just wanted to talk about the firefight that happens on the way mm. to uh, the arraignment. I don't know what the fuck they were doing, but just <laughs> trying to get to the airport or whatever, but. Yeah. The thing that got me the most was that fucking rocket that flies right by Hobbs. I was like, holy shit. That was really dope. And then Vince 
redeeming himself again for the third time in this movie <laughs> and then like saving and then getting killed. I actually felt bad. Yeah, he said he he re- there was the redemption and then the sacrifice. Here's what I feel bad about. Dom ain't never going to see that fucking kid. No. No. He never has. No. He's got a nephew on the way. Yeah. He ain't going to see that fucking kid. <laughs> what if what if that money spoiler alert, at the end of the movie where uh he leaves for Rosa and Nico, he accidentally uh I know it says Rosa and Nico, but I just feel like he meant to give that money to uh, to Brian and Mia. <laughs> no, he already gave them a gift. I know, by letting them win that race. The part that about the about the Nico revelation, like his name's Nico, he's named after you. And then Dom kind of looks. I think Dom had the same look I did. Like, how the fuck is he? And then he goes, Dominic, and he's like, Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I guess. That's kind of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. What if... Yeah, yeah. I'd still kind of rather you wouldn't have done that. Like, you couldn't call him Dominic? It had to be Nico? Like, Dominique? I don't know. Just kind of, also, just like, you know, maybe don't name a kid after me. Like, it's a weird pressure to put on me. Like, why didn't you name him after Leon? Whatever happened to Leon? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Leon went straight, man. <laughs> After all that shit went down, he's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go work at a, at a fucking bubblegum shrimp or something. <laughs> he's a manager. He's a front of the house manager at a bubblegum shrimp. Yeah. All right. So this fucking heist. First of all, Hobbs, I kind of line. I'll ride with you, Toretto. At least until we get this Fuck. some bitch. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man, props on Dwayne Johnson for fucking making sure he has just some of the, like, the words of those lines are covered with the mud that <laughs> they the, they shit kicked as they as the boots they were of words. Yeah. Don't worry about whatever I just. Yeah, said. I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> but his, <laughs> I want to go back to another line he said. Where like uh, he's like the guy's like I got some good news and good news. He's like you know I like my dessert first, and then he tells him like. The good news, he's like, all right, now give me some damn veggies. Like, (laughs) I mean, like, it's not like this should come as a surprise or anything. Like, if you would ever, anyone who paid attention at all to his wrestling career knew that, like, he cut, he, like, he was so good at promos Mm -hmm. that they would be to the detriment of his opponents. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he would straight up fucking roast dudes so hard, their career would be done. God, I I can't tell you how much I love Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I mean, first of all, which WrestleMania was it recently, in which he walked out with a fucking flamethrower, and that was it, and it was the <laughs> and, then, and then he burned his name on fire. <laughs> That was in Dallas, so that was 32, I want to say. God, that was so good. That was the most 90 shit I'd ever seen. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to the Hobbs and Shaw episode because that is, uh, that's a 90s action movie if i ever seen one. He bought the XFL. He did? You don't know about this? No. Oh, dude. So 
him and his ownership group, uh, which another thing about The Rock that I love, uh, his business partner is Danny Garcia, his ex-wife, and they still just make billions together, which is amazing. That's great. Uh, straight up after having a plot line in Ballers in which his character tried to buy an NFL team, he straight up bought the XFL. Wow. When, when did this yes. happen? This was like maybe a month ago. How did I not read about that? I don't know, man. I mean, I know you've like logged off or taken, you know, extended breaks and stuff like that from social media. Still, I should have known that, about that. I know. Exactly. That's why I'm still upset. Like the algorithms, the algorithms are better than this. Do you know how much he bought it for? I'm pretty sure not much. <laughs> and here's the thing: it is a, it is a controlling stake. I do believe it is over fifty percent. And also, if I knew how much an entire football league was selling for, to quote Chris Jericho about the sale of WCW, if I knew how much it was, I would have fucking bought it myself. <laughs> Fifteen million dollars. Fifteen. Yes. 15, one five for the whole league. Now, what I'm saying is how much could a team possibly be? Dude, I think we could buy the Tampa Bay Vipers. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Fang gang. We're fang gang for life. <laughs> we got to get this consortium together. I think we have enough people. It, could, it has to cost maximum $2 million. Like, I don't even know if they're franchising the teams even at this point. And the only reason I could think it was that cheap is because I don't know what the contracts are, but I can imagine that the TV contracts got broken after they couldn't uh, uh, broadcast all of the games because they had to cut the season short. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole reason WCW was so cheap is because they lost their television contract. Anyway, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is... Is just, is just every bit that we deserve. I need to. I need this. I'm gonna keep talking about this. Didn't didn't Vince McMahon sell off a shitload of WWE stock just to get yeah. the XFL back off the ground? I mean, how much fucking yes. money was that, yes, sir? How much was it to bring the XFL back in the first place? It had to have been. Oh, it, it was definitely a lot. I don't know. It wasn't 15 million. How much it took to get off the ground again, but. It was it was definitely a lot. I, I, I'm thinking it probably would have been like, not like a, I don't know. I would say no. at least a billion, but. Actually, I do think they did disclose some numbers, and it was somewhere around like, it, at least of, of WWE stock that he sold, it was at least like $100 million. Oh, look at this. The Yeah, I just Googled XFL. <laughs> XFL bankruptcy keeps Vince McMahon off Forbes 400. So. Ah, Good. Let's see. Yeah, The Rock reveals why he purchased the XFL. I'm I'm loving this news. This is great. I'm so happy I could be the one to tell you, honestly. Okay, this is the fundamental core reason I wanted to acquire the XFL, create the opportunity for players to live their dreams and take care of their families. Man, Dwayne Johnson, love him. Mm -hmm. This is great, dude. I'm I'm fuck I'm I'm even more stoked than the XFL coming back. I'm even more stoked now that I know the Rock owns it. Yeah. Oh man, this is great. Good day for me. <laughs> it's a great day. Great day for finding out this news, and even greater day because <laughs> I got to see 
them dragging that vault all over Rio. Let's talk about the final heist finally. <laughs> I so not only was it just an absolute pure spectacle, but it was also so metaphorical for how on the same page and how in sync and how deep the bond between Dom and Brian is. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was a it was a dance them driving. It was a dance. With that freaking vault because the the part where they were like we're going we're going left and then they diverged and then the vault went forward and fucking hit that cop car and like smashed mm-hmm. it and then Dom pulled down the alley and you know, Brian pushed it down the alley, like in reverse. Oh my God. It was so good. And then the, uh, just, yeah. And <laughs> I love that they went, they, they destroyed a bank with a bank vault that yep. <laughs> the bank was not even involved. Now, I don't know how, how, what the logistics are of getting those cables through like steel beams or whatever, or like whatever girders, were around that bank or anything like that, but you know this uh, this heist because they had those metal cables. Now I've heard about because uh, my dad used to be in the navy and he's heard stories about uh, whenever jets land on an aircraft carrier, they of course hook onto a yes a metal uh, steel cable that goes across the aircraft carrier. My dad's heard stories about one time it snapped and it swung around and chopped a man in half. Now, how had the not that, that I'm I'm still flabbergasted that did not happen during this heist. Somebody getting cut in half or maimed by one of those cables. Well, it certainly happened to the one cop car that got its top taken off. You know what's funny about that? Was I was thinking, how come they haven't used the cable to chop anything in half at this point? And then immediately after that. Top got chopped Dude, off. I was I <laughs> was having the same thought. Like I know it happened somewhere. I am I crazy? Yeah. They have to use it. So and then uh, uh man, um, <clears throat> oh god damn it! Using the cables, uh, chopping someone in half. Yes, I had the final destination thought. Yeah. Uh, but then also. It's uh, very interesting the way they use it as a weapon before they make the handoff and after they make the handoff when it's basically just Dom using it. And it's like, wow, that's interesting. It's like, well, it's probably a shit ton lighter now, isn't it? That thing, um, (laughs) this whole movie, I was thinking like, wow, there's no, they don't use NOS at all in this movie. And then Dom finally solo with the, with the vault finally uses NOS. I was like, there it is. Nas is here to save the day. You gotta have, you gotta have Nas and or Corona in each. Yeah, those are the two things. Which I think I'm gonna start. I don't know if they still make Nas energy drink, but if I need a pick me up, I'm gonna start getting that. I've never had it before, and I'm sure it's not that great. Um, yeah, Dom was putting in work with that bank ball and that bridge. Like that was the coolest. It was yeah, nonstop spectacle, as you said. What is, oh yeah, the part that I really liked was there was so much damage and stuff like that going on. And then Han and Roman coming in there and saving the day. Yes. 
which I don't know why they couldn't have been doing that the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But nevertheless, it was a very cool moment. This is what I was going to say. For the way at the very beginning of the movie, they kind of go out of their way to say, quote, amazingly, no one died from the uh, prison bus yeah. being flipping over 25 fucking times. <laughs> They end up killing a whole lot of people in this movie. Yeah, dude. I don't know if that was just like an okie doke they were setting up, but I remember like the first time hearing that going just like, oh, is this going to be one of those things where like somehow like there's no blood and everyone lives because it's PG-13, this and that. It's like, no, they kill a whole lot of motherfuckers. I'm trying to think how many people they kill because like, or how many people die in this movie. Countless. There's three. I'm just thinking about deaths totals. Three DA agents. Hobbs and his crew kill at least 16 of Ray's guys. Riaz's guys. At one point, yeah. Early. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what else. Well, and then Hobbs and his... Well, then Hobbs's crew. Oh, yeah. All those guys get fucking blown the fuck up. And then... Which I feel bad... The one person of Hobbs's crew that I do feel bad for uh, was the one guy that was just kind of hanging out of the truck the whole time. They threw attack. two grenades at him. Two. Yeah. <laughs> one was enough. Yeah. Two. Two... Now you're just being dead. God, oh my goodness! But that, but that sequence—the um, part where you see Dom with the shotgun and Brian with the assault rifle and all that stuff—that was, of course, Vince had the P90. But yeah, that was a very cool moment. Yeah, kill so many people though. Amazing, they they only killed 800 drug uh, goons. <laughs> um, so what do you think about the uh, the handoff? What'd you think about when they showed you the prestige? God, I knew, I knew it was something, something happened because they went under a bridge and there was, cause I had forgot about the handoff. There was, uh, mysteriously under, they drove under a bridge and there was mysteriously a garbage truck they showed for a very, very long time. I'm like, oh, they did some shit with the garbage truck. And then of course the reveal of what I want to know is how did they get that in place? Did the garbage truck lift up the vault or what? Like, how did they get the 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 that the decoy vault in front of the garbage truck? That was my main question. What do you mean? How did they get in front of the the garbage? I truck? I don't know. Like, uh, that vault seems they had it. They had it covered up. Yeah, and it was on like a like the forks that are on the front of garbage trucks to take the dumpsters. Yeah, but I don't... And, like, lift them up over over and dump out all the dumpsters. I don't think the forks are going to hold that up. What, do they have, like, skateboard? Like, I'm talking about... I'm My logic in my mind was thinking they had that thing set up on skateboard wheels pushing it along the road. Because that's what it looked like they were doing. They were just pushing... No, it was, like, lifted up on top of the, the forks, I think. Here's the thing. Honestly... For, you know, the reputation that these movies had at this point, like, I didn't care how they got the garbage truck. I didn't care how they got the uniform. No, no, I don't care about that. You know, I didn't care about any of that. The fact that they went through the trouble to just show me, like, a little bit of effort, just like, oh, yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, we're, you know, we think we're clever. That's enough for me. I, that's all I need. That's the only question I had about that. I, yeah, I didn't give a shit about how they got the the garbage truck, where they got the uniforms, and none of that stuff. I just want that's all. I, need. Um, I want to take a second to talk about the stunts in this movie. I know we've talked about sure. it throughout this episode, but they put in a fucking effort to actually have 
some goddamn stunts. It's not people not in front of that. green screen the entire time. Not only that, but a lot of these stunts were actually performed on location in Brazil. Yeah. In Rio. Where, like, you don't get the film a lot there. There's some really cool, like, behind-the-scenes footage of just, like, Vin kind of, like, walking through the neighborhoods and just swarms and crowds of people just, like, wanting to get a glimpse of the dude. And it's just, it's just fucking super cool. And, like, yeah, and he's just, like, in there talking with people. That live in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and just being a fucking real dude and and that translating and being respected. And yeah, everyone was like very much about them filming in there. And that's great to great to see. God, you'd love to see you it. You do love to see it. And yeah. And 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 I know you've you've brought this up before, and I just want to like bring it up again because if if anything, this I think would have actually had there been at the time, not that there is now. Uh, it, it, an Academy Award for stunt work and and things like that. I feel like that this movie. I, I don't know what else would have even been nominated. Well, yeah, let's take a look because see, we'll see what some other action movies that came out in 2011. Yeah, I am a firm believer. Oh, Ghost Protocol came out that year. Ooh, okay. Ghost Protocol probably would have won. We got Ghost Protocol. Uh, Real, oh man, Real Steel came out in 2011. That movie's so good. Yeah, but how much like actual practical stunt work was it? Oh no, I'm just saying that's a good movie. I'm yeah. not saying it would have won. Um, Captain America came out that year. Um, and so did. Oh, X Men First Class came out that year. Oh. It would have been a toss up for me. It would have been a toss up between um, this movie and Ghost Protocol because. Ghost I mean, Protocol yeah. mainly because Tom Cruise climbs a fucking building in that movie. That's anytime <laughs> in the fictional world of this award, anytime you're going up against a Mission Impossible movie, it's going to be tough. Yeah. But yeah, I think it would have very well been nominated and probably would have lost by like, you know, it would have come in second place, I think. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, like I think that's one of the reasons why I stopped watching the franchise is because the stunts is like, oh, they're in front of a green screen. But in this movie, like Paul, Paul Walker was actually doing his own fucking stunts. Like the driving was real. Like, you know, the fucking Dom and Hobbs fight. That was fucking real. Like it wasn't like overly like there's only a the only time in which I really thought, oh, that CGI is certain times you saw the vault. Because yeah. there's no way they would have been tossing that shit around all over the place. But they were actually causing real property damage <laughs> in this movie. There's so much property damage in this movie. <laughs> and for once, these damn Blu-rays don't have a, 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 that feature. My Blu-ray today had a... said so there's a second screen feature? Yeah, I started trying to have that, and it was just too distracting, so I turned it off. I just want to say, because I, I recently bought the box set on Blu-ray, like back in, back right before we started doing these, and yeah, back in like July I bought them. Anyway, <laughs> the you know the trailer pops up, you got to press like menu real quick when the first trailer pops up in a Blu-ray. Mine is Welcome to Morrowind, and I can't yep. tell you, I'm trying to break a speed record for how fast I can get over this Welcome to Morrowind trailer. First of all, I'm not going to see that movie. First, second of all, I'm trying not to see that trailer. God. Why? Correct anyway. on both counts. 
why Universal? Why couldn't you be like Fox DVD back in the day that I referenced a couple of episodes ago? Um, <sighs> but yeah, that switch off is pretty dope, and the reveal was pretty cool. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty magnanimous of uh, Hobbs <laughs> to give them a day on the run. I'm surprised he didn't say some bitch. Well, he 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 had just said it, you know, a minute later while walking up to them and killing Reyes, uh, which was a great fucking moment of yeah, that was very good. Reyes, Help me, kaka two in the fucking dome. So that good was for my team, you son of a bitch. The way that Dwayne Johnson says "some bitch" is great. Yeah, I the, mean, uh, he had been doing it for years. Yeah. Uh, turn that some bitch sideways and stick it straight up your candy ass. Like, yeah, like, I'm glad he, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other wrestlers that brought their their gimmick into movies and it worked as well as Dwayne Johnson. Well, I mean, basically every character Hulk Hogan played was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, especially uh, Mr. Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Hulk Hogan. The, uh... The part with Brian at the end where it like he's like, this was always the plan. And then pressing a button and like exploding Brian's hook. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bit. Anyway, let's talk about the epilogue. Yes. Are you done? So my first question about the epilogue, how is everybody not wanted? Because Hobbs had a fucking list of people. So were they not wanted? Was that not a wanted list? So I think... For the most part, like, you know, they all got their, their past. They got all their identities all sorted out and stuff like that. And with the zero research whatsoever, I'm going to say they're all in countries with no extradition because Mia made such a fucking stink of that earlier in the movie. Twice. Um, they referenced it twice, not three times. They need some comedy writers. Yeah. Uh, and... I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I've heard this piece of uh, writing advice given several times over the years. Not that I agree with it, um, but there's a little bit of me that does. Uh, and just saying, like, you know, ultimately, people just want a happy ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just like just just write the happy ending, which yeah. I get, especially for you know a movie like this. And I'm like. Fine with that. Like there was, it's, it's months down the road, and we know this because Maya has conceived her second child, <laughs> and has oh, a, bump, man. a very large bump. It's very uh, big. And then, yeah, uh, uh, Leo and Santos uh, lose all their money immediately. <laughs> I okay, because it cuts right before the ball stops on the yeah. roulette wheel. I believe uh, they won because you don't see them again until the eighth movie. So I think they're just living off being millionaires somewhere. I would hope so. I would hope it's not just because like they had to get regular jobs. No, like I feel like they're actually like, cause I, where are they in fate of the furious? I forget. I forget as well, but are they the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the fast saga? No, it's Tedge and Rome. You're right. You're right. You're right. So are they the Legolas and Gimli of the fast saga? They're the Legolas and Gimli of this franchise. Okay, there we go. That's better. Um, <laughs> and then you have uh, Han and Giselle in Germany on the Autobahn. Making out on the Autobahn, which is very dangerous. But not going to Tokyo yet. I would have loved... God damn it. I would have fucking loved 
if at the end of every movie, like someone suggests to Han going to Tokyo, and at the end of every movie, he's like, maybe one day I will get there eventually. Oh, I got it's my mom's birthday. I gotta go visit her. And like for <laughs> 20 years more, just kicking that can down the road to the point where like Tokyo Drift. The reason they have old technology in Tokyo Drift is the reason they have old technology in the original trilogy of Star Wars, but new technology in the prequels. Yeah. It's like, oh, there was like some sort of regression or some shit like that in technology. (laughs) And he doesn't die in Tokyo Drift until like 2040 or some shit like that. You say that now, I just want like, because, you know, you reference like, oh, you're going to Tokyo? He goes, nah. Like, I just imagine... Ted is like, you know, Han, I got some anti-flip technology we can install in your car so it doesn't flip at any point. He's like, nah, I don't need that anti-flip technology. I'll never flip my car. What are you talking about? He's like, also, the other thing about this car, this technology, is that it doesn't make your gasoline leak when it flips. Nah, I don't need that. I don't need that. Uh, also, if anyone looking like this man, picture of Jason Statham, comes walking up to your car, a gun will come out and shoot them in the face. Nah, that's incredibly specific. Who needs that? <sighs> also, another reason I think that the rest of the crew aren't arrested is because those weren't the names on Hobbs's list. That's true, because we're on solo. The, the DEA agents. Yeah. So that's another reason I think that they're all fine, because I had to make that... Uh, mental leap when they got to Tej's garage, which I'm assuming is in Atlanta. Uh, and what happened Tej to his last her, garage? What's that? What happened to his last garage in mm-hmm. Miami? There's a whole lot you don't know about him. Now, I, it's not Atlanta because if you look closely at the license plate, they're all Florida license plates. Are they really? In that scene, yeah. Well, then, then that's just confusing. Yeah. Um. Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, yeah. Uh, so Roman pulls up in the one car, says they got to get ready to go, and he has uh, a passenger in the passenger seat. And then in the two of the four cars of this car that are in the world, uh, also pulls up uh-huh. with two women driving it. Um, and they got to go. And there's only two seats per car. So one of them women is, is watching the garage? Um, have you not seen Batman Begins where Bruce Wayne rolls up in the car and he has two women in the car and they're sitting in each other's laps? I think it's that scenario. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe you're right. But also, I believe that that night that they're that that night where they're going out together. Mm-hmm. I believe that should be the catalyst for the Tedge Roman spinoff. Ooh, okay. I'm into that. Like, just could you imagine a fast movie that took place in one day? Oh, man. I love one day movies. Like I have an idea for a Spider-Man movie that takes place in one day. Like, I just love it because there's, there's a lot of stakes because it takes place in one fucking day a lot of shit and it's your character just get worn down after like die hard with a vengeance i love that movie because john malang just gets the shit kicked out of that entire movie and by the end of that movie you're surprised he's still alive i love, love one stuff day like movies. that i think there was recently like 
some website like put out a list of like the best one day movies mm-hmm. uh, of all time. It's a great list. Go is um, a very good one. Hmm. Go. That movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's another good one. Um, and then we get to honestly, like, what is, in my opinion, just like that's how I want to retire. Is is. Uh, Brian and Mia in their fucking beachfront cottage. Yeah. Like, oh, that's perfect. I, uh, how do you get involved in any other fucking shenanigans after being set up so perfectly? Like, anything else comes across is like, no, I'm in fucking paradise about to raise a child. This is the best. Yeah, I love that Brian and Mia get their money and immediately become Jimmy Buffett. Like, <laughs> just go off and live on an island. Yeah. Uh, what's the problem here? There's no problem. I love it so much. I hope Brian learns how to fly a plane. I hope he and releases be- befriends Bono. I hope uh, Brian starts releasing songs as Marvin Gardens. <laughs> Very unsavory songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brian's filthy. Yeah. It turns out this whole time he is just a dirty, dirty man. <laughs> uh, I I also like to imagine. That uh, when it cuts to that shot of uh, Elena and Mia talking to each other on the chairs on the beach, uh, Elena is straight up telling Mia that she's pregnant. Because that's the only period, point in time that she could have gotten pregnant. Thank you. And, and I like to think it was Mia just t- being able to tell, which would, which would mirror earlier in the movie. Rose this is how they found out. Mia, yeah. This is how they found out. It doesn't happen at that point. Earlier, in the, earlier, we don't see this scene because at this point, we of course know that Mia's pregnant with her second kid. The other child is somewhere in the house, and Elena picked up that baby and immediately threw up. And that's how Mia <laughs> Got up a typewriter. <laughs> we should Let's... be writing these spinoffs. We should be writing these deleted scenes. We should absolutely be writing these deleted scenes. Let's just uh, let's just start a website called Fast Saga Fanfix. Fast Fanfix. Fast Fix. Fast Fix. Love it. Um, they're, they're like, there's two deleted scenes. One really isn't much of a scene. The other uh, is Hobbs and his crew and Elena showing up. Or this is maybe when they first meet. Maybe. Um, no, it's not. Never mind. Fuck what I just said. Um, but they show up to this crime scene. They can't get in, but Hobbs knows everything he needs to and uh, catches. There's a, uh, a street cam. And so he just cl- shimmies up this uh, light pole and takes out the, I guess, memory of the the camera. On the they're, they're, the way they treat microchips in these movies cracks me up. But yeah, that's... Everything has a microchip. A microchip? It's not even like a memory stick or anything. It's a yeah. fucking microchip. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> that is maybe the, the the most immediately dated things that happen in these movies whenever that kind of technology is uh, evoked. Yeah. Is it, ju- it's, it just is straight up from out of like an 80s movie or an, an early 90s movie where like the same way they talk about the internet in like a 94 movie. I just wanted to talk about how good they were with technology in this movie. Nobody uses a cell phone at any point out from what I remember. It's all walkie talkies. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, they don't really date this movie in any way. Except for, like, facial recognition technology. But that's it. Hmm. Hmm. So, like, that's why this timeline's so goddamn confusing. It's, it's... I mean, hopefully they, uh... That they're, that was deliberate, so they they can actually take liberties with yeah. it and whatnot. I think uh, let's just go ahead and say this movie takes place in two thousand eight. Eh, sure. Um, <laughs> I I certainly the first time I saw this fucking popped hard when uh, Eva Mendes like showed up in that after credit scene because <laughs> I was very much hoping and expecting that she would become then a part of the franchise rejoining the franchise moving yeah i was very excited for that and not so much looking looking back she was wasted in too fast too furious yeah absolutely yeah uh and 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 i mean you know a billion fold you know now i like she like she didn't like leave the business or anything did she like no yeah, so what, I don't know. It just baffles me. Well, she is, you know, in a relationship and has kids with Ryan Gosling, so oh well, she's she's pretty set. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, I guess. I mean, but yeah, um, if but if that's not on her end, and that's just the the fast movies not fully bringing her back, then poo poo on you. But uh, but yeah, and then the revelation that follows is pretty fucking earth shattering because I remember losing my shit the first time I saw that, and apparently so did uh, Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> really? Did she not know about that? I read in the trivia section on this on IMDb that she saw that in the theater was like, well, huh? I guess I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a that's what a surprise for everyone else, but. Boy, that's got to be the best. Uh, I mean, just from a negotiating standpoint. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Well, she might have been under. I don't, well, as far as she knew, her character was killed off. So yeah, yeah. The thing I didn't, I liked the ending and then hated the ending, and I'll tell you why. I like the ending because it sealed everything up in a nice bow, and I love it when movies don't open it up for a sequel because it just. Like, you could make a sequel, but, like, they did it in a way that they ended this the story. Like, if this is the last Fast film, I would have been happy. But also, they left it open for more movies, but in a way that, like, you felt like there, there could not be any more. But then immediately after, it, they, even during the credits, everybody, when their names popped up, it had, like, it showed them throughout all the movies. Mm, yeah. Which, oh, this brings me back to Tej's... Uh, passport photo he needs to update that passport photo <laughs> but yeah i did like that because it did it was kind of and maybe this was very purposeful to give it a little bit of an okie doke mm-hmm. but it, it was giving that sort of vibe of kind of finality and conclusion and wrapping yeah. it up but then they introduced like letty's still alive mm-hmm. and then i was just like that's cool but also i would have just liked it if they just you know left it I'm going to disagree with you real hard on this one, Nick Lathan. I'm sorry. So I agree with you when, like, movies just sort of, like, (laughs) half-handed, like, half-heartedly leave it open for a sequel or whatever. It's just like, oh, well, this bad guy's still out there or whatever the fuck. Kind of like having Deathstroke at the end of Justice League. 
Yes, I haven't seen that, but yes. Uh, I love, I absolutely love it when a movie just with full-throated confidence declares there's going to be one after this. Which, that's what that is doing, showing that picture of Letty. It's just telling you, like, y'all better come back around for Fast 6. Because these ain't movies, these are episodes. I don't like it because, uh, of course, at the end of Buckaroo, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, the film ends and says Buckaroo Banzai will be back and Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. Rich? Brother, I'm not saying that it works movie out has never time. come out. That movie's never come out, okay? And I'm well, furious. I'm not going to say it works out every time, all right? But, like, I'm just a sucker for it is all. Like, I need a second Buckaroo Banzai movie. That's I, all I'm saying. I, I understand you're setting yourself up for potential heartbreak, but also at the same time, <laughs> at the end of Back to the Future, when you see that to be continued, you're just like, yeah, here we go. That was added after the fact, actually. I, after the movie was released? Mm-hmm. Well, I never saw the movie in theaters, so when I saw that for the first time on home video, I was like, yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, at the end of the second Pirates of the Caribbean, when they set it up straight up for to go into a third one, I'm like, give it to me, even though those two movies are not as good. Uh, I can't you know, tell you how many I mean, times I've tried to watch. I mean, at the end of Fast and Furious. Like, yes, it also could have ended there if there was just no interest in any more, but, you know, they picked it right back up. Yeah, I'm just. I, it's a cheap trick, but I'm a sucker for it. And I love cheap trick. I want you to. No, never mind. That's not cheap trick. Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> way to bail. Um, so, uh, and yeah, and then and then of course that's delivered with the line, "Do you believe in ghosts?" Which now obviously there's no way to retcon it to be that. But what if Letty was an actual ghost? Hmm. What if we introduced the supernatural into the Fast and Furious universe? I'm thinking this is what's going to happen. Ted is going to build some kind of Ghostbuster type shit. Oh, my God. Yes, this is the shit I want to talk about forever. Should we go ahead and talk about what the third season of this podcast is going to be? <laughs> uh, not until after you watched what I uh, tagged you in on Twitter today. Oh, I got I to gotta log in on Twitter. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> specifically for this. All right. Um, but that said, I can't wait to talk about how Tej is Egon and Egon is Tej. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both Donatella. They are. They they really are. They all love machines. But I, I love. I like Tej more than. Um, actually, Don, I rank it Egon Tej Donatello. Donatello's not that great. Uh, Donatello's a, a bit of a not a wet blanket, but you know he's lackluster and he's not done service to all that he could bring to the table in the live action movies either, <laughs> the, the the original ones. Yeah. Anyway, um, you got anything else on Fast Five, Nick? Mm, not really. Uh, I'm gonna ask you this. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you two questions. First one was this fast or furious? This was a fast movie. Uh, I got a question for you, Nick. Uh, just to break up the questions from <laughs> you to me and me to you. Uh, what is your 
now current ranking ranking of all five movies. Oh, I actually did did do this today. David Letterman style, five to one. All right, five to one, baby. One and five. That's the doors, everybody. Okay. So there's a there's a list. Uh, there's a Twitter trend recently. Before I took my break, in which people are like, what were the most influential albums in high school to you? Nobody put the fucking Doors. Everybody listened to the Doors in high school, and y'all lied like y'all y'all didn't. I there's only one Doors song that I like. Aside from that, don't care for them. What song is that? People are strange. Yeah, the Doors are not good, but like no. younger, you love them. But now they're like not. You know, are the Doors the Fight Club of your adolescent taste making. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because like Fight Club's the same way. Where like when you see it, when you're like like fifteen to nineteen, you're like, oh man, movies can do this. And then yeah. when you see it when you're like twenty eight, you're like, well, all right, you know. Real quick, uh, sidetrack to this sidetrack. Um, a movie theater uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, the Capri, I love them. They posted a thing like, what classic film, no promises, but what classic film should we show when we first open back up after, you know, being closed because of the pandemic? And then the first reply I saw was Tarkovsky's Stalker. Tarkovsky's Stalker. And I said... I said, who the fuck is this dude? And like, I looked at his profile and I was like, man, shut. I, w- I wanted to reply back, like, man, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, nobody's trying to watch Stalker in the theater. Hey, That's- Stalker guy. All right, this already sounds bad. <laughs> Nobody. I was going to say Stalker. shoot your shot, but maybe someone's suggesting to watch Stalker. Keep that shot in the chamber, pal. All right, so I've got the list up. You ready? Yeah. All right, number five. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Number four, the original Fast and Furious. Number three, Fast and Furious. Number two, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number one, Fast Five. That's my current ranking. What is your Uh, current ranking? I have the same ranking, but switch Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast and Furious. Okay. I don't know. Something about Too Fast, Too Furious, man. It's, It's fun. It's in the middle of the pack for me right now. It's crazy. But um, yeah, the reason Fast and Furious is so low is because I don't know. I don't know why I keep to feel like I need to defend that. But like, it's like the Mission Impossible Frank. I look at my Mission Impossible ranking Hold list, up. and it looks the same. Do you have? Sorry, and in the number two spot, do you have Fast and Furious or the Fast and Furious for number three? Oh yeah, number sorry, th- yeah. okay. So number four is. The original, The okay. Fast and the Furious. Right. Number three is Fast and Furious. Wanted to clarify. And above all else is prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious. That's number one with a bullet. <laughs> I will, I, now I want to look at my Mission Impossible uh, rankings. What is, what, is your, what is your current ranking? I just said it was a Switch. Uh, oh, that's right. Duh. Three and two. Yeah. For Mission Impossible, mine is... Number six is Mission Possible 2, and then the third one, and then the first one, and then the... I think uh, those movies might be on Hulu right now. I might have to actually finally watch them. Two of them are. I know Ghost Protocol and um, Fallout are, and those are the two best ones. 
browsing through, and I thought I saw more recently, but I could be mistaken. Anyway, do you have another question for me, Nicholas? Um, 10-second car, 10-minute car. 10-second car. Dude, yeah. Shit, I'd say a five-second car. Well. A fast five. I'd say so, too, then. Uh, so when this movie came out, I was, I was, this is when I was first getting into podcasts when this movie came out and my gateway podcast was Doug Loves Movies mm. and a bit they had during that time, uh, was they kept referring to fast five as a hand job. And that really made me laugh at the time. I remember that. <laughs> so. This movie has a, lo- a lot of memories tied to it from that era, like college and getting into podcasts, and now I'm, I'm doing a podcast, and I'm, I'm thinking about going to college. I'm kidding. I'm never going to go back to college. <laughs> Fuck that. It's a scam. It is. Oh, man. Well, good episode. That's all I got to say. Hell yeah. Good movie. This is going to be our longest episode yet. We're almost at Easily. two hours. Yeah, we, we should stop. <laughs> yeah, we really should stop. So, come back next week on the Patreon where we're talking about... I think we're talking about... Episode 3? No, we've already... That one's already come out. Sorry, our... our, Oh, by the time this comes out, yeah. By the time this comes out, this episode today... This is... Oh, we're in October. So, that means next week we're going to be talking about... On the Patreon, we're going to be talking about The Fast and the Furious on a Budget. It is on YouTube. Look it up. Yes. And watch it. And then come to the Patreon, which is arcade or patreon.com slash arcade audio. Listen to that. We usually talk about spy racers, but next week we're gonna mix it up and talk about the Fast and the Furious on a budget. Uh speaking about speaking of mixing it up, um, of course you could always find me uh on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Cammy and uh doing the whack pack on Instagram every single day, opening up a pack of cards, chewing the gum if there's gum in there when we reach uh, certain charity goals. But also just in case you weren't going to mention it, and by this point it has come out several weeks ago, but head over to at Nick Lathan, click the link in that bio, and watch The Night Killer. I was going to promote it. I, I don't care. I, don't, I want the, the burden of promotion off of your head because I want to talk about this. It is so fucking funny and so <laughs> good. You. And it's only three minutes, and it looks like a million fucking bucks. And well, parts of it don't, but... That's me as the person who made it, looking at all the bad stuff about it. Of course, we're always going to see the the the, sh- the cracks in our own work or whatever. But fuck mm-hmm. that. It's three minutes. It's so fucking good. It please please go watch it. Yes, please watch that. It's um yeah at Nick Lathan on everything. It's probably in the link in the bio, or it's probably a, I think it's my pinned tweet. It's on Vimeo and YouTube. So you got two options. I know so some people don't like Vimeo for some damn reason, but it's on YouTube. I did some analytics stuff today with that video just to see where it was all viewed. It tells you how the average rate that people watch it, people get a minute into it and turn it off at some points. Why? And I'm like, it's three minutes. That's how much playtime Bonesaw had with Spider-Man. Three (laughs) minutes of playtime. And that's what it is. It's three minutes of playtime. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Please go watch that. Well, thank you, Rip. And, uh, yeah, Rip, Rip, do you not have the Rip Cami domain taken? Uh, that's a good question. I you don't should, think I do. You should take all those just in case. Yeah, you're right. I've taken everything Nick Lathan on, on the internet. 
Everybody, Nick Lathan, I'm sorry. All right, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> Finally, so come back uh, Patreon next week. We're talking about Fast and Furious on the budget, but then the free feed two weeks from now, we're going to be talking about Fast and Furious six. Pretty excited about this one because I have not seen this movie uh, probably since twenty four. Probably when did that come out? Twenty fourteen. Uh, twenty thirteen, maybe. It's I haven't seen two it years since, between movies. Yeah, I haven't seen it since twenty fourteen. So I'm pretty stoked about it. You got a quote to take us out, Rich? Rip. Salud, mi familia. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.